welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Please lift up your right hand as we pray. Father, we thank you that you are here this morning. We thank you that, Lord, you are about to speak to us. We ask in the name of Jesus that your word will go forth like fire. That, Lord, our hearts shall be ready to receive that which you have for us. In the name of Jesus, we ask that we will not be the same again after hearing your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Please clap your hands one more time. It's not, it's not, it's not, in fact, it's not easy to be here. So please clap your hands one more time. Hallelujah. This morning, I think I was right from, uh, from midnight to this time I was up. Then I was asking myself, is this what pastor goes through every, every Saturday and Sunday? Please clap your hands for him wherever he is. Hallelujah. So I want to share just briefly on, on the theme, living the life of a savior. Living the life of a savior. It is our month of reach and I want to just bring the word of God in this direction. I want us to look at the, um, the word of God from the book of, 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 of Obadiah 1 verse number 17. Obadiah 1 verse number 17 right to number 21. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. The Bible says that, and the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for a stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Number 90. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau. And they of, of the plain, the, they of the plain, the Philistines. And they shall possess the fields of Ephraim. And the fields of Samaria and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Verse number 20. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites even unto Zarephath and the captivity of Jerusalem which is in in Sephar shall possess the cities of the south. Now the main verse, verse number 21 and saviors shall come up on Mount Zion. This morning by the time we are, we we hear the word of God. God is going to raise saviors among us in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said that and saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Hallelujah. In every dispensation and in every generation, man has need of saviors. Right from the fall of man, Till now, and even to the time our Lord and Savior will come again, there will be a need for saviors. There is a need for the word salvation like never before in our time. Why? Because it means that to have salvation means that to be saved from sin and its effect. Salvation means that to be saved from sin and its, its effect. God has always raised men 
And I believe that this morning, God is going to raise a man in our midst. God is going to raise us as saviors of our time. He says that God has always raised men and have used men to achieve his ultimate plan and purpose, which is to reconcile men back to him. The agenda of God that is that he would reconcile men back to himself. And these men of salvation are called saviors. Say saviors. Say saviors. These are men that will carry out God's ultimate plan of salvation in any shape or form. There is an agenda from God to raise men to extend his plan of salvation. And in this plan of God, he's raising men called saviors. From the scripture, we read verse number 21. And the Bible says that, And Xavier shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. The word Savior from there means to be a deliverer or to deliver or to save. It comes from the word M-O-S-H-I-A, Moshiach. Moshiach means to deliver. It means to rescue. It means to save. M-O-S-H-I-A. And there's the next word, which is Y-A-S-H-A, which is Yasha, which means that to free. It means that God wants to raise men that will free people from their sins. It means to rescue it means to save. Jesus is our savior, but God is raising more saviors in our midst this morning. It means that to get victory for. When God says you are a savior to men, he anoints you to get a victory for people. When God says that he is, from this morning, he is anointing you to be a savior, he's saying that, I am anointing you to go and fight on behalf of men and get victory for them. That is Yasha. It also means to rescue. So both words have been rightly shown in this verse. And I want us to look at a few examples in the Bible of men who were used as saviors. And if God can use a man as a savior, I believe with all my heart that God is going to raise certain saviors in our midst. The first one is Jesus Christ from the book of Matthew 1 verse number 21. Jesus Christ, the first man I'll call our savior. I want to see by hands those who have received Jesus as their Lord and personal savior. What you have received, you can become. God told um, the man Abraham that I will bless you and make you a blessing it means that when you receive something from God you must become that same thing for others when you receive a blessing from God you must become a blessing unto others when God brings you out of shame you must bring some people or people out of shame and Jesus Matthew chapter 1 verse number 21 and she shall bring forth, this is the word of God to Mary. She shall bring forth a son. Somebody say a son. Say a son. She shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. A clear job description. The agenda of God concerning his son Jesus was that he will come into the world and save men from their sins. Rescue men from their sins. Deliver men from their sins. Fight every, every battle for men and get them victory. For God was in Christ reconciling men back to himself. So God did his work in Christ by bringing you and I back to himself as a savior. Jesus gave his life for us that we may also give our lives for others. You have not received Christ fully 
if somebody has not received Christ from you, you have not. Why? Because the agenda of God was to give Jesus as a savior to raise more saviors. The more you express the agenda of God as a savior, the more it shows that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As a Savior, Jesus brought us from darkness into light. And I know that most of us were buried in sin. We look at ourselves now and we are really shocked what we are doing for God. We look at the blessings of God we, we, we can see now in our lives and we think that it is as a result of what we have worked for. It's just by the grace of God that we have been saved through faith. I came to announce to somebody that Jesus came as a savior to raise more saviors. May more saviors be raised this morning in the name of Jesus. Number two, a second example of a savior is a man called, a man called Noah from the book of, of, um, the book of Genesis 6 from verse 6 to 8. God wanted to wipe away every race on earth. So he planned to send a flood. But Bible says that he found a man called Noah. All God needs is one man. Say all God needs is one man. The flood was coming to destroy all race. But one man stood and said, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you, you can use me. He positioned himself to be anointed as a savior. The issue we have now is that we are dispositioned from the place as saviors. All we think about is ourselves. But there's a bigger picture in the mind of God to raise more saviors that none shall perish. Nothing shall be lost. Nothing shall be wasted. It is the plan of God. So for this plan to come to pass, God must raise more saviors. And Noah found himself in a place where he was going to be, be used as the, the man who would, would save God's eternal plan on earth. How powerful it is. Because of one man, you and I are here. You see, we, we just keep saying that, oh, we are, we are alive because of Jesus. It's true. But it was because there was a savior called Noah. That, that you and I are alive. A man who stood up and said, Lord, I, I want to stand out for, for my family and use me to deliver men and save men. God is waiting for a man and a woman to arrive from your family. And that person is you and I. To save the, the, the entire family from running into the ditch of the enemy. May God find us this morning. I said, may God find us this morning. Number three, a third example is Esther. Somebody say Esther. Esther chapter 4, verse number 14. I want to read from the Amplified Version. God's people needed a form of salvation and deliverance. And God could find a woman. And I am convinced that God does not only use men. God can use a woman. God does not only use men. God can use a woman. And I pray that in the name of Jesus that every, every woman here, God will raise you as a savior. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that for if you keep silent at this time, see, it came to a point that they were going to erase everyone from, from Israel or all the Jews that found themselves in that land. So Bible says that, and he spoke to her and said that, for if you keep quiet, if you fail to say, Lord, raise me as a savior, God is going to raise another savior. But by the time the next savior is raised, the kind of damage that can be, that can be caused will be too much. So he says that, for if you keep silent at this time, if you draw yourself from the call of a savior, Relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your, 
and your father's house will perish. May that not be our story this morning. I said, may that not be our story this morning. And he says that, and who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and for this very occasion. For some of us, we have been saved for such a time as this, that through us, others shall be saved. We have been blessed for such a time as this. We have been anointed for such a time as this. We have been employed for such a time as this. We have been rescued for such a time as this, that through us, our families shall be rescued. God, please take note of these four, four statements. God saves men through men. Number two, God helps men through men. Number three, God delivers men through men. And number four, God blesses men through men. Whatever God would do for a man, he is going to do through a man. You can say that all you need in this life is God. Can I announce to you, all God needs in this life is a man. <laughs> you need God. We need God. God needs a man. God needed a womb to drop his son. Mary needed God to come through for, for us. But God needed a womb. Can I announce to somebody, a people are awaiting for your manifestation as a savior. They are in darkness because you have, we have failed to step out of darkness into light. It takes a man of light to bring out men from darkness. It takes a man of light. You cannot bring somebody from darkness if you have no touch of light. To, to, to pave their way, to show them this is the path from darkness in, into, into light. That was the, the, the work of Jesus. The Bible says that, and the Son of Man was made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. I wish you can find that text for me. He said that Jesus was manifested. May somebody here, may we be, come to the point of, of manifestation in our families in our communities in the church that we will arise as men that God can use as a light to bring others from darkness may we be those that God is going to execute his agenda on earth and in our generation to live the life of a savior we must know the portrait of a savior If you want to run any form of business, we must have a picture of how the business must run in our minds. If you want to do something in life, you must have a picture of what you want to do in life. So even before this beautiful place was built, there was a picture on paper. So as we are building, we are building into the picture we had on paper. In the same way, to become a savior, we must see and know how a savior looks like. The portrait of a savior. What a savior is, is all about. What a savior looks like. Or who a savior looks like. And the first portrait I'll share on is a savior is sanctified. A savior is sanctified. Every savior is, is a man that goes through the stages of sanctification. We must be purged from that which is known by man. Every example I have shared, all of them from right from Esther right, right onto, onto Jesus and right on to, um, who else? Noah. They all went through that time of sanctification. They went through a period of preparation and that is what God expects from us. Esther was a virgin, but she had to be 
bathed for six months in milk to be prepared as a queen. She did not just appear on the throne because she was a virgin, but she had to be sanctified and purified. She had to be separated from the things that entices the world. Saviors cannot eat the same meal of them that they have to save. Saviors cannot live the same lifestyle of them they have to save. When you see any picture of a man who, who wants to bring somebody from the sea or from somebody who is drowning, the person is always either in the lifeboat or up, pulling up the person who is drowning. You cannot be in the water and push up somebody from the water. You must be above the water and pull out somebody from the water. God is saying that in the place of sanctification, he brings us out so that we can bring others out. To be used as a savior, we need to be sanctified and to be prepared. God would always call a man from amongst people. Sanctify that man. Empower that man. And send the man back. And say, bring me more of them. We must be sanctified. I want us to look at the text from, from 2 Timothy 2 verse number 19. 2 Timothy 2 verse number 19, ESV version. The Bible says that, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Every savior must depart from iniquity. Every savior must be saved from sin and iniquity. To be sanctified means to be holy. One, it means that to be set apart. Two, it means that to be called out. There is a lifestyle in every family. But we cannot save them in our families if we have that same lifestyle. That dishonors God. And number four, to be sanctified means to be elected. If God will raise us as saviors for our homes for our families and for the community and for the church he will first have to sanctify us and in this season may God sanctify his church may God cleanse our hearts and purify us please take note of this the prepared savior is the preferred savior the prepared savior is like we have to prepare our tithe from home. Pray over it. Then bring it unto God. Not just come right here into the house of God and find, and find some notes and put it. You see, it is not prepared. When you are expecting a guest, you prepare. So it is the prepared Savior that is the preferred Savior. To be sanctified is to be spiritually and morally cleansed. God is looking at our spirit and our soul and our body being clean from any form of iniquity. One of the things that men will look out for is moral sanctification. A lifestyle that honors God. And as a savior, we must be cleansed by the word of God. The Bible says that this Number 21. In that same verse. In that same verse. Yes, it says that, Therefore, if any man will cleanse himself from what is dishonorable, he, will be, he shall be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master, as the house ready for every good work. One, we must be sanctified. It means that we must be cleansed. Two, we will be suitable. It means that we shall be gifted 
are saviors. And three, we shall be saved. It means that we shall be trained as saviors. And all this is part of the time of preparation as a savior. May God prepare us as saviors. May God prepare us as saviors. Jesus had to be trained for 30 years, for three years of his assignment. Moses had to be prepared and sanctified. He was called out of Egypt and sent back to Egypt. Why? To bring God's people out of Egypt. We must be sanctified. We must stand out in dignity and in honor from the lifestyle, from the standard of living in our homes, in our families. There are, there are some ungodly families and God is saying that he's, he's, he's looking for a man who will come to be anointed and bring men from ungodliness into godliness. May God find us this morning in the name of Jesus. Number two. The second portrait of a savior is a savior shares in the burden of God. A savior shares in the burden of God. Matthew chapter two, chapter 11 verse number 29 to verse number 30. He says that take my yoke upon you. Someone said that he already have a yoke. I should add your own, Jesus. Now let us look at why we have to take his, his yoke. And learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. He says that and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The next one. Next verse. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke we are carrying is too heavy. We cannot even serve God. So God in his wisdom is saying that the burden you are going through, I see that it's heavy. In fact, it is a yoke from your workplace. It's a burden from your office. A burden from your family. Just when you think that you have paid your bills, another bill is coming. Just when you think that you have done all you have to do, somebody calls you as an uncle, as a father. In fact, I did not know that even on payday, Somebody would think that you have money, but in fact, you are just aware that you are owing until next month. Because the plans you have has eaten into next month's payday. It's called a burden. Some of us are not doing what we have to do in the house of God, serving God with all our heart. Why? Because of the burdens we carry. But the wisdom of God says that, come, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come, drop your yoke and pick up my bedding. And in, in doing that, you see that God's yoke is easy and you can easily do the bedding of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's yoke is easy. <laughs> A person is not smiling. Turn to the, um, the next person and say, the yoke of God is easy. The bedding of God is easy. What is important to God is important to the Savior. The desires of God is the desire of the Savior. What would interest God must interest a Savior. First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3 to verse number 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior. Verse number 4. Who will have all men to be saved? Please look at the ESV version. I want the ESV version for verse number 4. Let's look at what is the desire or the burden. What is the burden of God? Every Savior must share in the burden of God. What is the burden of God? He said that for who desires? The burdens of God are the desires of God. He said that who desires all men or all people be saved and to come to the saving knowledge or to the knowledge of truth. This is the burden of God. We must be consumed with the very things that concerns God so that the things that concerns us, God shall be concerned about. We cannot be selfish thinking that God must act first. Then we will act. The more blessings come our way, the more we are distracted. That is life. You may think that, oh, in fact, okay, let me ask us. Your paycheck now, five years ago, you thought that if you get that paycheck, Everything will be solved. Five years later, you know that God must add more paycheck to it. It's like whenever there's a blessing, there are troubles. Whenever there is an add-on, 
there is an add-on in responsibilities. As a single person, maybe, okay, you not pay fees. You not going to pay bride price. You not be spending some, some bills on hospital bills for, you pay, pay, pay down the diapers. But somewhere, somehow, as a married man, you can earn about 10,000 Ghana City, and yet still you are trusting God for more. We will not be satisfied until we satisfy our God. That all men will be, shall be free from oppression. That all men shall be liberated from the grip of hell. How many of us or how many people have been saved from the grip of hell by the way we live and our actions are serious? And pastor can call for evangelism and now what we call reasonable reasons <laughs> comes up. Reasons that are reasonable. Excuses that are excusable. They come in and, and we, we feel we are justified. And I'll show us in the next one. In the next one. God is looking for men that will bring out men from sorrow, from, from pain, from misery. Our heart must ache. The Bible says that, and Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. The virtue or the anointing of healing will always flow when there's compassion. We are not compassionate enough, so we are not seeing the blessings of God in its full measure. We are not burdened with the burden of our true Savior, and yet we want to be saviors. Every Savior must be concerned about the things that concerns his Savior. You cannot work in the company and not be concerned about the things that concerns your CEO. You must be sacked. We must be burdened. We must be burdened. It is not enough to show up on Sunday. Show out there throughout the week as saviors of your families, of our families, of the community and the people that God has called us to. God's, God is looking for men that can break the curse of barrenness, the curse of premature death. There are some homes that have been plagued with premature death. No one can break that hold until a man will arise and receive an anointing from God as a savior. The curse of drunkenness runs through a certain bloodline. The curse of poverty it takes a man to avail himself for God to anoint and break the sequence of poverty and the curse of immorality and ungodliness. There are some families that are entrenched, that are buried, that, that, that in fact, they wear the garment of ungodliness. It runs through. But by the grace of God, this morning, God will raise saviors. I say, God will raise saviors. Place your right hand on your head and say, Lord, raise me as a savior to my generation. God is looking for men who shall be burdened with the burden of his local church and give up their time, their strength, and their resources. The burdens of God sometimes is like you come to this place and you must always pray that God would help you to earn more will help us to earn more that will push the work of God. There's nothing like building a monument unto our God. It must be a burden. If people are not coming to church, it must be a burden. If somebody backslides, it must be a burden. We must be concerned that there are not enough people in the department. It must be a burden. Why? Because it is the burden of our Savior. It must be a burden. And I pray that this morning God will raise men that have that share in his burdens. And the last one, the last point is saviors are men of sacrifice. The church was best in sacrifice. The church will march on on sacrifice. Whatever you best out of sacrifice must be sustained out of sacrifice. One of the unflinching image of a savior is that a savior 
sacrifices. The culture of sacrifice is slowly leaving the church. You see, it took an act of an act of of selflessness to birth the church. An act of selfishness will kill the church. Being consumed with that which only concerns us. A man who is called a savior is concerned about the bigger picture. What we are going through cannot be compared with that which God has in, in, in store for us. There is a bigger picture that God has. And what God wants us to do is not to be consumed by the things that are consuming us. The goal is not just to have a passion for the lost, but it's to go out as saviors and to bring in the lost and to make their lives matter and meaningful in the kingdom of God. How many people have meaning in life because of us? How many people? Meaning. Not about achieving their own goals, but accomplishing God's agenda for their lives. How many people in our bloodline, in our homes, in our communities can say that because of you and I, I they have found purpose. Purpose. Because of the act of sacrifice by one man, we have found our purpose. Because of our sacrifice as saviors, people will find their purpose. God is looking for saviors. Somebody shout, God is looking for saviors. The meaning of, of the word sacrifice in the Cambridge Dictionary is to give up something that is valuable to you in order to help another person we can hold on to that which we think is ours, but it will not be enough to rescue others. The moment the boy brought in his five loaves of bread and two fishes, he let it go. And Bible says that it could feed 5,000 men, over 5,000 men. What you have in your life can be used to touch many lives. The time you have at your, at your disposal can be used to transform others. People are, are too consumed. We are too consumed with fulfilling our new year resolution. It's like we have we have timelines okay, for, for our plans. And it's good. But if you don't have a timeline for God's plan and you don't say that, Lord, I can put down that which concerns me and I'll be more interested and give up everything for that which concerns you. To live a life of sacrifice is to have your life totally living for Christ. You don't think for yourself. You don't plan for yourself. But you are concerned more about what is on the mind of God. You live as a soldier who is under instruction by the word of God and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is a man who is living a life of sacrifice. It's always about God's agenda. It must always be. When you receive your paycheck, it must be about God's agenda. Everything about you must be about God's agenda. As you plan your week, it must be about God's agenda. God must be factored in. God must be factored in. God requires every Christian to live a sacrificial life. It is an act of spiritual worship. Saying that, Lord, I can give up enough. You see, it costs God everything to save us. At least let it cost us some things to save other people. At least. If not everything, it costs God everything to save us. Let it cost our pleasure. Sometimes if it is good to go on vacations, but sometimes it must cost us to withhold that time. The time of pleasure for ourselves to, to, to push into the agenda of God. Some of us may not have monies, but we'll have time. Some may not have that time, but we'll have strength. Let us push our resources in any form it, it is into the, the kingdom of God. Advancing God's agenda on earth 
as people that are living for the Lord. You cannot be a savior if you don't know how to sacrifice and to live beyond yourself. You see, okay, let me ask you a question. If you build, if, if you build a six-bedroom a six house, how many rooms will you live in? If you buy eight cars, how many will you drive in at a go? If you see somebody who is about to die, that person, why do, why do we even write our will? Because life is about others. When you are writing your will, you, you will not add yourself to the will. <laughs> I'm here to see somebody who, is, who writes <laughs> will one, will AI. <laughs> you put your name there. Every will is full of others. That is the principle of life. You must think about others as you live your life. You must think about, about others as you work. You see, we cannot live until we die. Let me explain that. The Bible says that until a grain of wheat falls, of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it becomes. You see, on one corn, I don't know what, what you call it, the corn, the corn stalk, you will find more grains, more than you planted. A life of sacrifice will birth more of your kind. A life of sacrifice will bring God's blessings into the lives of more people. God is looking for people who can sacrifice their lifestyle. There is a lifestyle God wants us to sacrifice. The drinking. Any form of this honorable lifestyle can be sacrificed. God wants us to sacrifice our time, our resources in forms of money. God wants some of us to even sacrifice our sleep <laughs> and stay awake to pray more for the redemption of the family. We sleep too much sometimes. Come sleep from 9, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. and still wake up tired. We set, we set about four, four different alarms. When the fourth one blows, you just take out the battery from the alarm so that per, per chance you have sound sleep. <laughs> sound sleep. The next one is that God wants sometimes we must sacrifice our food. It takes a man who fasts to emerge as a strong savior. You will, we will be limited as saviors if we don't know how to, how, to, how to fast and wait on God. Until you leave your comfort zone, you will not find comfort in life. That is the principle of God. I want to end by just, just saying two, two stories and I end. Of men who with all that they went through thought about others and allowed God to use them. The first one is a certain, a certain woman called, called Fanny Crosby, F-A-N-N-Y, Crosby. She had an eye defect at six weeks. And the parents called a man who called himself a doctor to come and help. And when he came, in an attempt to help this baby, what he gave the baby blindfolded her at six weeks. That's why I, I was saying that he called himself a doctor. At six weeks, she was blind. Few weeks after, her father passed away. And only her mom was left to fend for the entire family. But some way, somehow, somebody who was blind at, at, at um, six weeks rose to become one of the best writers of hymns. She wrote about 8,000 hymns. And one of the hymns we sing is Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. She could have used that which was against her to say that she would not arise and think of the generation that was coming after, after her. Many years after, 8,000 hymns have been written by a blind girl from six weeks. You see, our excuses will... See, Jesus okay, told Peter, that you are the rock upon you I'll build my church 
and the gates of hell will not prevail. God does not build the church on excuses. He builds the church on rocks. Those who are firm in their issues, in their situations, the wind is blowing but we are firm. And say, Lord, I am going through a lot but I'll give out a lot for the federals of the gospel. And the last one, and the last one it was, the last one was Joseph, Joseph Kriveman. He was a man from, he was a man from Ireland. I almost said, in Bible said. <laughs> so it is said that he was about to get married. So he just asked, I think, for like, like four days into, into the wedding. He was to meet his, his bride-to-be. So she moved on her horse. You know, those days it was horse. It wasn't Ford, Mercedes, or horse. If you have a horse, you have a Mercedes. So she was going to meet him on a horse. And, and just when she got to like a river, something happened to the horse. And the horse toppled over <laughs> and fell into, into the river. And she went head down. Two days into the wedding, this would happen. And he lost the bride-to-be. Out of pain, he moved to now where we call, we call Canada. Gave himself to push the gospel in all manner. And he found somebody in the house where he was living. About 10 years later, two weeks into their wedding, she fell sick and she passed away. This man went through so much pain and opened up his heart as a savior and wrote the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. This hymn has gone through all generations and is blessing others. We cannot look at what we are going through and not give our all to push the, um, the, the work of God. We must have enough room to give on to God. It doesn't matter what we have gone through. All that matters is that the kingdom of God must advance. In this month of reach, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but we must be mindful of them that are perishing beyond that which we are asking God for. It cannot be all about us. It cannot be all about our schooling, our businesses, our houses. In fact, some of us, we are trusting God for our own house. Yes, I'm part. We are trusting God for our own cars and trusting that our businesses will expand is good. But on top of the desire must be the desire to advance the kingdom of God. Please be on your feet. We're going to pray for the next five minutes. Place your right hand on your heart. Joseph Scriven. You can go and read up on him. S-C-R-I-V-E-N. Joseph Scriven. Lost a lot in pain. But yes, so he wrote hymns that blessed others. Say, Lord, raise me as a savior unto many. Just pray. Pray, pray for the next two minutes. Raise me as a savior. Raise me as a savior. Lord, raise me as a savior. Raise me as a savior. Raise me as a savior. Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Enough of, enough of my enough of my selfishness enough of, of my selfish gains Lord if you can use anything Lord use me, pick me as a savior pick me as a savior Lord to push the agenda of the local church, of this temple in the name of Jesus look Luke 4 verse 18. Please place your right hand on your head. Luke 4 verse 18. Luke 4 verse 18. The Bible said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. It is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that calls out 
saviors. In any capacity you want to function as a savior, receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice and pray. Receive the anointing that causes a man to, to step out to, to redeem men. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. One minute more. One minute more. Say, Lord, anoint me. Anoint me as you did for them that brought salvation and deliverance unto men. Pray, pray and say, Lord, look through my family and raise me as the man that will bring them out of poverty, bring them out of immorality, bring them out of destruction. Look, look my way, look in my direction and anoint me. Pray, pray, pray for the next, for the next 30 seconds. The anointing of God. Lima Soko, Radini Messiah, Liga Balaba, Kosata Bahaya, Laba Kabala Babasa. In the name of Jesus. Please lift up both hands if, if you are online as well. If, if you can, lift up both hands. Jesus. The Lord is raising saviors in, in very special forms. Saviors. Father, we thank you that we are living here as men that are sanctified. We are living here as men that share in your bedding. We are living here as men that can sacrifice because this is the portrait of a Savior who received the anointing to do your bidding in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.